Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, and welcome to the Syrupcast. If you're tuning into the Syrupcast for the first time, it's a podcast by Mobile Syrup, Canada's largest independent tech site, in which we look back at the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. This is episode 170, and we're recording it on Thursday, May 31st, uh, 2018. This week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup telecom and news editor, Rose Bihar, who's joining us via the telephone from Gatineau, Quebec. Rose, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you uh, for having me on this podcast, which I often come on to. But I'm always grateful. I'm grateful every single week. Well, thank you. That does wonders for my uh, <laughs> sense of worth. We also have uh, Mobile Syrup reporter, staff reporter, excuse me, uh, Samir Chavra, as he prepares to cackle at me. Uh, yeah, so I'm happy to be here too, uh, Igor. But also, I recently realized that my official title is apparently News and Telecom Reporter. So guess what? I'm going to be holding you to task for that Alrighty. all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, always be an intern in my heart. Uh, but we won't get started <laughs> on that path uh, because it'll just descend into shenanigans. Just sheer hijinks. chaos. Uh, so if you're tuning in, uh, having not read MobileSyrup.com, which is a website you can find on the World Wide Web. Um, the CRTC, in a very uh, move representative... Well, you know what? Um, let me... Let's preface with facts, and then we'll get into the hot takes, as it were. Um, so Rose is in Gatineau because the CRTC was mandated by the federal government, specifically by uh, Minister of Canadian Heritage, uh, Melanie Joulet, to look at Canadian media, as it were, and kind of look at the landscape and provide some recommendations. Uh, today, the uh, CRTC issued those recommendations, and whoa boy, there's a lot to cut, go through here. Rose was on the ground in Gatineau to, you know, interview Ian Scott, uh, who some say looks like one John McAfee, um, and kind of bring all the latest reportings. Rose, tell us what is what is the like feeling on the ground? What is mood in the room, as it were? Well, so much like with the Wi-Fi first MVNO decision that turned into the low cost data only plan decision, uh, this is once again an instance where everybody, all the journalists, went in with one idea of what we were talking about, and then came out with sort of a completely different view an idea of, okay, well, this is where the direction is heading. So we went in sort of thinking of, uh, you know, Netflix tax and how do you make sure that there's, you know, equity between the, uh, the foreign global players participating in our Canadian media industry and also those here at home that are sort of struggling with traditional programming. And what we got in the, as, as a result 
was a suggestion uh, for one of the least popular uh, ideas for a quote-unquote Netflix. And just to, to note, uh, Netflix tax kind of refers to a variety of different ways that you might be able to uh, tax or have a foreign company like Netflix contribute to media in Canada. Um, and so the, the idea that came through uh, with this CRTC report was ta a tax or a contribution to the media fund from internet service providers, whereas right now it's just cable providers. Um, and that kind of, you know, obviously could result in marginally higher uh, costs for, for internet plans in the future for Canadians. And then additionally, of course, they spoke about how um, global players like Netflix would also have to contribute in the future through service agreements, um, which again, were pretty vague, but uh, did also include the mention of contributing financially. Yeah, so I mean, what uh, as I asked, so what was the uh, kind of feeling in the room uh, when this kind of decision came down? Um, you know, just I think quite a lot of confusion at first, mm -hmm. to be honest. Uh, it was, like I said, the same as with the Wi-Fi first, mm -hmm. first and VNOs. We weren't prepared for, for I think, the decision, or not the decision, but the suggestion that was made. Um, and and so there was quite a lot of back and forth on, okay, well, what does this sort of service agreement look like for a Netflix mm -hmm. or for a Spotify? Mm -hmm. And um, you know, to that, there were no real specific responses. Right. So there were some baseline elements, mm -hmm. including financial contributions, but it could also include things like making sure the Canadian content is exported through, you know, Netflix's, that sort of thing. Right. So just to just to be perfectly clear, the CRTC didn't kind of put forward a mechanism for these agreements. Uh, they, they mean, they made a sort of, yeah, more of a kind of a vague suggestion mm -hmm. or anything like that was put into it. It's just a, a suggestion for what, you know, going forward, the ministers of uh, uh, innovation, science and economic development and the minister of Canadian heritage will look at this when they review the telecommunications and, and uh, broadcasting act. Um, and just out of curiosity, we're, um, were the uh, were Melanie Jolet and Navdeep Baines in attendance at the hearing? Uh, they were not. No, this and this was mm -hmm. you know this was a media lockup. So this was very sort of constrained <laughs> just to media. In fact, I was sitting next to a uh, you know somebody who was from Unifor Union, mm -hmm. and he was kicked out before the <laughs> lockup began because it was not uh, open to any interveners as well. So. Mm -hmm. It was really just for media, and um, and then after that, we got to speak with uh, Chairman uh, Ian Scott. Right. So, um, if you go to take to Twitter and you know look what people like uh, Laura Tribe, uh, who we had recently on the show, Samir, um, I think the consensus is that this is uh, well. I'll just quote. Uh, this is from uh, Josh Tabish, who is. Let me just check what Josh does. He is uh, with Ford Foundation, and uh, I don't know what that is, but he was formerly of Open Media, so presumably he's interested in 
these kind of affairs. And he says, um, he says, uh, the TLDR, if you don't know what TLDR stands for, dear listener, that's too long, did not read, um, on the new CRTC uh, report, let's just regulate, and he puts this in quote, let's just regulate the internet like cable TV, Canadian cultural lobby wish list for the closed internet is well represented. Laura herself tweeted, <coughs> um, uh, if I can find this tweet, great radio, I know. Uh, essentially, you know, her tweet, I can't find it at this moment, but her tweet was to the effect of like, this is something that both Justin Trudeau um, and uh, Minister Jolet have rejected, right? Like they don't want to impose additional taxes on the Canadian consumer and especially not on companies like Netflix. Um, so Samir, what's your kind of take on all of this? Well, truth be told, and Rose kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, um, I was expecting one kind of thing uh, in, in the so what preparation. So you guys expecting? I was expecting, if I'm being perfectly honest, not necessarily widespread reform or widespread recommendations for reform. What mm -hmm. I was expecting was suggestions regarding certain aspects of the Broadcasting Act and the Telecom Act, certain aspects that establish that the Internet as we know it today is wildly different than the Internet of the late 90s and certainly wildly different than something like uh, like phone lines. I was expecting some mention of net neutrality. Uh, I, I've read... I would say maybe 80% of the reports so far, and I've skimmed the remaining 20%. Um, I haven't really found a lot of mentions for the open internet or net neutrality. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I'm, I'm bringing up net neutrality is because programming distribution, uh, content distribution services, streaming services, the internet service providers, they're all deeply rooted in that subject of net neutrality. And that subject of net neutrality also speaks to the delivery of content, the delivery of programming in Canada. So... So again, I was expecting some sort of recommendation for widespread reform, but ultimately, like Rose said, uh, really all that we've received or seem to have received is a series of recommendations saying, well, certain aspects of the Canadian media industry, certain aspects of the Canadian media industry need to pay an undisclosed amount, an un, as an, uh, a hitherto undisclosed amount, and also uh, places... And also services like Netflix and Spotify, they don't necessarily need to pay a, a hard and fast tax. They don't need to pay a sales tax. They don't need to pay anything like that. Mm -hmm. All they have to do is potentially, if it's agreed upon in the future, uh, that pay some sort of service charge, whatever that may be. So that's kind of disappointing from my perspective. Yeah. So Rose, before I get your uptake on all of this, the kind of the one thing I got out of all of this is that it, this seems to just kind of tax some of the smaller players or tax might not be the word for it um because you know as far as i understand it um you know they said this was uh what was the wording neutral something um it was revenue neutral revenue Rose, is that correct neutral. neutral right so revenue neutral uh kind of uh option in which companies like bell which already do have like a media component as well as an isp component would not be required to pay more, right? But then smaller players that only provide internet service, like a tech savvy, for instance, would be included in this scheme, right? So is that correct, first of all? Um, that's, that's correct as far as uh, what I've heard today and what I've read. It, it would be um, at evening out of having internet subscribers, you know, cord cutters, also mm -hmm. be contributing to 
towards the Canadian Media Fund through um, through their internet service provider. Mm-hmm. And you know the way that they they worded that was that it was just it was fair because now there's so much viewing of video content and and streaming of audio content through the internet rather than through uh, you know a cable connection um, or what have you. It it only made sense to them to sort of uh, then you know, put the same sort of contribution expectations on uh, internet service providers, mm-hmm. which, you know, in, in a certain way, like, you know, I can understand, like, the, the there is always a logic to to what uh, the C- CRTC uh, Chairman Scott is doing. So mm-hmm. the, there is that, you know, he, he has kind of identified something that is accurate, which is that people are mostly watching online. And then his response to that has been, Okay, well then we need we also need the contributions to come from internet service providers. Right, but it seems I think as so many of his decisions have played out in the last year or so, is it it goes towards the big three, right, and specifically their businesses, right? Sorry, pardon me. It just seems as so many of his decisions in the past year have kind of worked out. When you get down to brass tacks, it's to the benefit of the big three telecom providers, Bell, Telus, and Rogers, right? Who have these, who are very much integrated across several different or have several different verticals in which they're um, providing, you know, they're not just cable providers, they're not just ISPs, they're all these things, right? And so I'm just, as for my takeaway, it just seems that this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It kind of hurts the smaller players. Uh, in the ISP realm, uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, it, and it really doesn't change anything for companies like Bell, like Rogers. Well, I think you're right. And I also think mm-hmm. um, that it doesn't change um, much at all, really, if you're looking mm-hmm. at a revenue neutral, you know, uh, change, then so to my question was, okay, uh, you know, how does that really help us progress? the situation mm-hmm. um, in any manner. There, there wasn't much that seemed to really push the, uh, you know, push the dial a little bit forward. Um, but I will say that, you know, he didn't go to the extent of, of suggesting sort of deregulation or, or stripping away regulations, um, which is something that would have been very, very pro-business. So mm-hmm. he, he continues to sort of strike that tone of definitely leaning towards being pro a big business, but, but, um, you know, not fully giving in to uh, their demands mm-hmm. or their uh, wishes. So I've made you patiently wait. Uh, what's your take on all of this? Well, you know, I, it's interesting. I, I think, I think that it would be correct into, um, to get Netflix and other similar platforms, uh, to contribute in a way uh, that makes sense to the Canadian ecosystem. But I am very um, 
I, I think that the, the way that it's worded so vaguely, it seems to me like there isn't a suggestion, a strong enough suggestion of how we'll sort of make them contribute to an ecosystem that they get so much out of. Because, you know, Netflix is already producing a lot of content in Canada just because it is an inexpensive and, and good uh, place to do so. So, you know, it, it's um, it's a question of, you know, them sort of now, they're really, you know, predatory in our market. How can we write that wrong? And I don't think that these suggestions um, really give an indication that there's going to be any strong push on Netflix to to do things that they don't already want to do. Samir, where do you, how do you see uh, both the minister or uh, the Ministry of Her- Canadian Heritage and the Ministry of Innovation, Science and Economic Development responding to these recommendations? And I guess the follow-up to that would be if, you know, knowing what we know about where the Liberal government has sat on this issue for so long, why even make these recommendations which are so like untenable for the liberal government they don't want to impose them right i think i'll uh, i'll answer that question uh, almost in reverse um to begin with it's important to remember that this particular programming distribution report yes it makes a series of recommendations but ultimately the goal uh, from my from my mind anyway, was always to gather all of the data that the CRTC now has. We're talking about consumption data, we're talking about subscriber data, we're talking about overall revenue and percentage of revenue from uh, not only Canadian media companies, not only Canadian streaming services, but also these multinational global giants, the Netflixes, the YouTubes, the Googles, the Spotify's of the world who are operating in Canada. And to have that information presented in such a way that the government will be able to make future decisions based on that. So in that sense, it's important to remember that the CRTC has sort of done its job. Mm-hmm. Now, the information that's presented, that's immediately presented in the report, for example, I'm looking right now um, at a statistic saying that Netflix has 110 million subscribers and is available in over 190 countries around the world. Of course, that's, that doesn't refer to how many subscribers there are in Canada, but that is saying that the CRTC does know how many subscribers there are in Canada. Uh, Of course, that's my interpretation of what that statistic says. So now that the CRTC has this information, the future decisions that they make will be grounded in hard and fast fact or an interpretation of statistics that were gathered by the CRTC rather than third-party Ipsos Reid type studies, which Mm -hmm. I'm not uh, denigrating Ipsos Reid, but I'm just saying it's good for the government to do this research on their own. Mm-hmm. What are the Liberals going to do with it? Um, what's the Ministry of uh, Canadian Heritage going to do with it? What is ISAID going to do with it? Uh, of course, I can't speak to that, and I'm not really in a position to speculate about that, but we have to remember that there's the $500 million Netflix Canada deal that was set up and established by the Minister of Canadian Heritage, Melanie Jolie. So she now has that information. What's ISAID going to do with it? Again, I'm not really sure, but when it comes down to the Broadcasting Act review and the Telecom Act review, Um, the CRTC didn't really make a lot of meaningful, in my opinion, meaningful recommendations, but now the government knows, hey, this many Canadians are spending this much time of their week on Netflix. Hey, this many Canadians are not listening to the radio because they've got Spotify. Oh, and most importantly, hey, this many percentage of Canadians have this level of access to this kind of data, which is enabling them to access this content. Maybe it's time to revise what common carriage means. Maybe it's time to include, and I'm going to hammer this in again, net neutrality in our formal legal framework. 
So again, I'm not I'm not really in a position to speculate about what they might do, but I do hope that they're going to take this information, take the stats that the CRTC has gathered, and do something, anything with it. Uh, Rose, do you have anything to add to that? Um, one thing that I've seen going around is the idea of, well, you know, they'll tax uh, Netflix or they'll get Netflix to, to contribute funds. Um, but I'd like they actually have just tweeted now, and they were saying in the press room, um, we're suggesting they contribute to our system, but not necessarily in monetary ways. This is exactly the CRTC's words. So just to kind of clarify that, because I think it was a confusing decision. And um, so you'll see a lot of different versions of the stories out there. But, uh, you know, Samir and I will try and analyze it further and get you a full report. <laughs> I look forward to it. Um, both of you, in terms of next steps, what should we expect? Um, I think I think we'll wait and see. You know, for in the next few weeks, we're expecting to hear more about the uh, broadcast and telecommunications review. And um, from there, it will be interesting to see how um, ISED and Heritage uh, interpret what they've received today. But certainly what we got was a very sort of uh, conservative report, I would say. I expect a little bit of radio silence from Parliament as well, mostly because there's a House of Commons Standing Committee that's currently undergoing a Copyright Act review. So I think once the Copyright Act review is done or close to being done and the committee is ready to release their report or close to, or close to ready to release their report, then the Broadcasting and Telecom Act reviews will undergo because, of course, the subject of Canadian copyright is integral to programming distribution and is integral to the way that Canadians access their broadcasting services and access the existing telecom services in the country. Uh, lastly, what are the chances of an internet tax being implemented? Because I think at, when you get down to it, I think that's what most Canadian consumers and listeners of this show are most concerned about, right? Like this is internet access is already... In Canada, it's among the most expensive in the world, and this would just make that even more expensive. I'm not sure when it would happen, but I think we can expect it just because if you look at, you know, cable, cable is not even going to exist forever, um, just as a, as one of the services that telecoms offer. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if we are we're just transferring over to an internet uh, broadband first um, world, especially for consuming media. So. I do think if if you know the government wants to continue to um, to get funds that way, then we will be looking at uh, at a little bit of a rise in uh, the cost of our internet services, just like we had on the the cable services uh, to provide that funding in the future. But again, not sure when that would happen. Samir. Well, the government is currently trying to implement Internet as a basic service, so I don't know if we're going to see a hard and fast, quote-unquote, Internet tax delivered to us by our ISPs, but certainly the government needs to find some way to fund its basic service Internet, and that's definitely going to be from a tax. So it's, it's happening. It's not a matter mm -hmm. of really when at this point. It's just a... Sorry. It is a matter of when at this point. Uh, and I, again, I, I can't really speculate on that, but in the near future, presumably... All right. Fascinating. I mean, I can't, I mean, I'm not looking forward to finding out when this tax comes, but certainly this is something that we'll be closely following. Um, thank you both for joining the show, especially you, Rose, who trekked out to Ottawa on a lonely train, I assume, 
to uh, <laughs> attend this briefing. And by briefing, I mean it's, it wasn't a briefing, but you know what I'm trying to say, listeners. Um, shout outs for the week. Oh, my shout out is to uh, Via Rail and the fact that it has slow but steady internet on the train from Toronto to Ottawa that left me extremely comfortably um, sort of streaming Terrace House. It was great. Shout out to uh, Via Rail. <laughs> Doing it right. <laughs> and to Terrace House. The, and to the Terrace greatest House. show on Netflix. If you haven't watched Terrace House, I don't know what you're doing with your life. That's all I'll say about it. Uh, Samir? Yeah, so I have a shout out at the ready, um, and there, you know, there's a, quite a bit of important essential information and important essential news that was reported by Mobile Syrup this week. However, I'm going to take a moment to uh, shout out to myself and viewer experience, folks, listeners, friends, Romans, countrymen. The latest episode of Viewer Experience went live on Wednesday, March thirtieth, twenty eighteen. It's on Westworld. I spoke with our very own news and telecom editor, Rose Bahar. I also spoke with... I haven't with, heard of her. Oh. <laughs> uh, I also spoke with University of Waterloo artificial intelligence professor, Dr. Doc, Dr. Fakri Kare. And I also spoke with the creative director of Hinterland Games. That's a British Columbia-based video game studio that's responsible for the long dark. I spoke with Raphael Van Lero. That's great. Yeah, Raphael's great. It's awesome. Yeah. So, yes, shout out to... Okay, not me. Shout out to viewer experience. Well, cry havoc and let's slip the dogs of war if we're quoting Shakespeare and specifically Julius Caesar. Um, because Justin Trudeau, Canada's newest oil baron, uh, this week signed a $4.5 billion or announced a $4.5 billion deal to acquire the Kinder Morgan TransCanada pipeline, which, you know, we could be investing in infa internet infrastructure, healthcare, transportation, many wonderful things. Instead, AI, AI, you know, any other among any other things that would help Canadians instead. Uh, where we've decided to put this money into an oil uh, into a pipeline that may never get built or extended or whatever. So um, yeah, Canada's newest oil baron. Um, thank you so much, dear listeners, for listening to the Syrupcast. If you tune in every week, you are amazing. Um, shout out to our podcast producer Robin, who does a fantastic job. Shout out to Startwell. Um, make sure to follow Mobile Syrup at Mobile Syrup, whether it's on facebook twitter or instagram uh samir and rose where can people find you on the internet they can find me at rose bahar or on mobile syrup at any time they can find me on twitter at samir chabra and of course they can find me uh at mobile syrup.com uh join us next week when we'll talk about wwdc which starts on monday our own patrick o'rourke will be on the ground in san jose california on that note, we'll see you next week and thank you again for listening.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.